Raw Ag is your link to the food chain, and every episode will take you somewhere along that chain. From conception to consumption, you will hear from the cutting-edge players in Australian agriculture with industry news, unique views and presentations. We can all be better farmers, sustainable, regenerative and innovative. We can all be more informed and aware consumers. And Rorag is your next step in that direction. Brought to you by Ace Radio and Tamania Angus. I'm Kate Mead and today it is my honour to introduce you to host Tom Gubbins. Thomas MacDonald was the winner of the 2018 Zander MacDonald Award. A third generation dairy farmer from Gordonton in the Waikato, Thomas is the general manager of milk supply for Spring Sheep a growing dairy company specialising in nutritional products from New Zealand sheep milk. Thomas has a Master of Management, First Class Honours in Agricultural Economics and a strong desire to see New Zealand products championed on the world stage. He is also involved in several groups exploring new and innovative land uses in New Zealand. Welcome to the Raw Ag Podcast, Thomas. And how are things in Waikato? going really well over here in the Waikato. We're having a fantastic spring. We've had plenty of rain and plenty of sunshine and um, we're obviously farming some sheep over here and it's a great season for uh, being a sheep farmer. There's um, a bit of a story in Australia that if you um, want to be rude to a farmer you tell them how beautiful and easy their environment that they live in and um, you know I don't think it gets better than the Waikato does it for farming? Well certainly not for dairy farming Tom. Uh, we're very fortunate here uh, with our spring pasture growth and uh, yeah, great rainfall throughout the season. It's a pretty good place to be farming. And and lots of soil temperature too, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. We're pretty lucky with uh, most things we can get uh, growing in our soils, so um, no shortage of things to feed our animals, that's for sure. So, Thomas, describe the scene a bit outside your window um, where you're at, rolling hillsides and... Um, what you see on day to day on and where you are yeah. with spring sheep at, at the moment i'm sitting at the waikato innovation park which is um sort of a collab office space um home to approximately 700 tenants so uh spring sheep the business i'm fortunate to work for has a space here and uh, we look out the window onto simply flat terrain uh, we're on the edge of hamilton city here in the waikato and uh, we're looking at a range of dairy farms here and uh, some lifestyle properties as well now thomas you're a um in 2018 you won the Xander mcdonald award which um is a very wonderful award to uh, win because uh you know it's the most outstanding young new zealand and australian farmer that uh, the award committee can find for that year and you you won it so it was a wonderful wonderful thing can you tell us a little bit about what you got out of the Xander mcdonald award Absolutely. Uh, the, the whole process of the Xander Award was just um, fantastic to be involved with right from, um, you know, the, the thought process of submitting an application and, and putting yourself through the rigour and the thinking of um, you know, getting your thoughts onto paper, knowing that it's going to the calibre of the, the judging crew and then working through um, with the selection panel and then obviously making it through to the, the dinner at the Triple P, uh, winning the award is a very special evening to be involved with. So um, tremendous privilege to be involved with that. I think reflecting on my time as the winner in 2018, it uh, really opened 
a range of doors that would otherwise not have been available to me, um, particularly the, the Trans-Tasman network. So um, very fortunate to spend a lot of time with um, businesses which I would regard as some of Australia's finest in the primary sector. Um, and I think just the opportunity to have conversations with um, all levels of employees right up to owners and managers of these very large businesses uh, has been fantastic and it's certainly something that I'll uh, cherish for a long time. And um, the the trip that you uh, went on, which was the prize, uh, a mentoring program, what, what sort of places did you, did you go to, Thomas, in both Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, I was very fortunate to go to a, a raft of places. Um, Charlie, who was uh, my mentor on that program. Um, Charlie, Charlie DeFagley? That's Charlie DeFagley, Comedy yep. Derby there in Victoria. And uh, he gave me a list and he said, what would you like to see? You know, the, the Triple P group is vast and varied. And my primary objective of the trip was to look at businesses that were connected right through from be it the land or the animals or the plants through to an end consumer. So within that, we spent a lot of time uh, in Victoria places like the Cobham Estate with the olive oil, uh, Australia Fresh Leaf with the herb production. Uh, we looked at uh, Zoetis from a genetics and uh, I guess a vaccine point of view from a primary sector uh, support role. And then we spent some time up in Queensland uh, with both ACC and MDH, obviously a fully vertically integrated uh, beef value chain. And uh, for a, a Waikato dairy farmer, spending some time up there, uh, northern Queensland, it was certainly a fantastic opportunity. And uh, you, got a, you got a bit of a trip in a PC-12 built by Pilatus too, didn't you? Absolutely. Stunning aircraft. It was um, sort of a fantastic experience to, to be able to take a plane to wherever you needed to go and land right outside the door. Uh, amazing experience, really. So after your university, uh, you've ended up, but now it's spring sheep, which is a sheep milking, which is, you know, there's a little bit of that done in Australia. We've got, you, you'll be aware of our Meredith's goat's cheese and they also milk sheep. But um, tell us a bit more about sheep milking. Yeah, I'm always very conscious as a New Zealander talking to an Australian about milking sheep. It's uh, one of those things you add to the list of stigmas associated with being a Kiwi sheep farmer. But nonetheless, uh, spring sheep has been in existence for about six years and it really stemmed from the idea that uh, globally there's this huge growing demand for alternate protein. So um, when I say alternate, I'm sort of referencing anything in the non-bovine category or even differentiated bovine. So that could be uh, A2 milk or organic milk, which has taken um, a lot of market share over the last few while. But then also goat's milk, sheep's milk, um, and then increasingly we're seeing a lot of plant-based alternatives as well. So Spring Sheep was built on the idea that there was a lot of market space and consumer attention being given to alternate dairy and growing every year. And the second thing is that New Zealand was fantastic at uh, turning high-value um, dairy products into exportable products. So that is taking the, the liquid out of the milk and drying it. And the third thing was that we are renowned, uh, for better or worse, for farming sheep very well. And when you put all those three things together, it's a no-brainer that New Zealand would have a high-value, scalable sheep dairy industry. And we're now into our sixth year and are currently um, yeah, thriving in the opportunity to build a new industry for New Zealand. So um, New Zealand's quite renowned for um, milking cattle as well, or dairy cattle. Um, what are the advantages or perhaps the land usages that sheep can take up where cattle don't or vice, you know what I mean, sort of the advantages. Yeah. Why would an enterprise go to sheep rather than cattle? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're renowned for cattle, a couple million um, dairy cows floating around the country. Um, 
there's probably about 100,000 goats being milked as well and, and now about 10,000 dairy sheep. So um, comparatively small, but where the advantage comes in is the lighter footprint of the animal, first and foremost, so that we know uh, we do have an issue with nitrate leaching to waterways here in New Zealand. Uh, we're seeing increased consumer and government uh, pressure to get that sorted out. And sheep is one of the opportunities for a farmer to go in and remove the, the dairy cattle from the property and replace them with dairy sheep. That's important because a dairy farmer has a very particular set of skills and an affinity to the land. And compared to any other land use they're being asked to change to, sheep is one that utilises their core skill set as a farmer, as a pasture manager and as a dairyman. So um, that's a really exciting prospect there. The other thing we're seeing here in New Zealand is that there are a lot of farm succession issues um, in the dairy industry. And we're also seeing the scale of some of these farms prevent, um, I guess, economic running of them and so both of those issues the succession and the economic viability are solved with sheep dairy as it creates additional employment and scope for that second generation to come back onto the farm and take over and then not being a commodity industry and the fact that we've worked really hard to make sure that demand is always out waiting supply means that we can maintain a very stable farm gate milk price uh, which I guess goes uh, a lot of ways to solving the economic viability issues these blocks of land have had in the past. I find it quite uh, fascinating. You, so the measuring that is as intensive as in cattle, because you obviously you have to measure 13 sheep to measure one, or 10 to 13 sheep to measure the same um, as one animal, one, one bovine. Um, so do you intensively record every sheep and their milk production? And Absolutely, yeah. Um, as, as we sort of worked through um, New Zealand, really well renowned for the sheep that's been a meat and a wool based animal uh, if we look globally you know spain france uk even israel um, the states we could throw on there they all have dairy sheep industries of you know a couple million sheep floating around and so for us in new zealand it's been a, a learning curve around how do we access those uh, sheep or those genetics uh, lines and bring them back into New Zealand to our conditions. And so at Spring Sheep, we've been on a journey um, using embryo and semen technology to bring uh, dairy sheep genetics from overseas into a New Zealand environment. And as you touched on, Tom, the recording of those animals has been critical to the success of Spring Sheep. And uh, we have now got our very own unique breed of sheep um, for our supplier farmers to pick up. And that's a sheep that has got high milk production and is really well adapted to our Waikato conditions here. But not only that, it's that we record a whole lot of traits that our customers will love and that are linked to our products so that our sheep um, right the way through are matched to the end goal of the business, which is to provide an infant formula and a specialty ingredient uh, to a discerning customer. So you mentioned uh, infant formula, um, which obviously, you know, sheep milk has been a, a very important thing, and that's because of uh, low lactose. Is that correct in Asia? It's, um, it's probably more around um, tolerance to dairy. So what we see is a lot of intolerance to... So it's a bit more complex than just lactose. It is a little bit, yeah. I think if we were if we were looking on the surface, um, sheep milk actually contains more lactose in it than cow's milk. Um, so we're sitting at about eighteen percent solids. So it comes out as quite a thick milk compared to a, a bovine milk at nine or ten percent solid. Um, where we see the benefit of sheep milk is in its digestibility and it's the way that the proteins are structured in the milk. And I guess spring sheep's been on a journey as well. You know, while sheep milking is a, a global industry, uh, there's a lot of it that goes into cheese, fresh milk and yogurt. And so the, the science behind it hasn't had to be too far advanced on the basis that there's a, a ready domestic market. 
Whereas for us here in New Zealand, setting up a, I guess, a high value and a scalable export industry, it's really been around understanding and backfilling the science of why is sheep milk so fantastic. You know, we've had consumers for the last six years tell us um, sheep milk is absolutely amazing for their digestion, it clears up their skin, um, things like that. But we've been very conscious as a business and as an industry here in New Zealand to backfill that with uh, empirical evidence and science. And so we know now that uh, through the studies we've done in the human clinicals that sheep milk is a more digestible milk. And I think not only that, um, push all the science to one side, it just tastes better. Uh, and that's a biased opinion, obviously, Tom, but um, <laughs> we genuinely can offer anyone a glass of milk uh, any day of the week and, and, and be confident in their reaction to the milk. It's a fantastic tasting product. Well, if you you know eat something for long enough, you can enjoy it no matter what it is. That's what Australians do with Vegemite, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I think you might be right there. No, but um, uh, look, it sounds like a fantastic product, and and there are other um, there's other products that are coming out of it too. That um, you know that you you've been doing some. I don't know whether you're actually doing it, but the processes are um, producing some other um, perhaps more leisure foods from from um, from goat's milk as well. Yeah, totally. So if we look at um, goat and sheep space or I guess across the whole dairy spectrum the most exciting thing in dairy is that um, from a product perspective you can play anywhere from the luxury food in you know gelatos and ice creams right through to the high end nutraceutical products or um, infant formula follow on formula products and so at Spring Sheep um, we've opted towards the more nutrition focused business so our tablets um, our whole milk powders and our follow on infant formulas um, they're more targeted to the discerning customer who's looking for that health proposition or that digestive benefit and I guess um, we see a, a small cottage industry here in New Zealand focusing on um, cheeses and fresh milks as well from sheep milk which is also exciting to see at the other end of the spectrum. Thomas um, there's been a lot of debate just since Ardern's um, been on and off about water in New Zealand I've been watching it a bit in the New Ze- in the media over here and I don't fully understand it. Um, water seems so abundant in New Zealand yet um, your society wants to put a price on it. Yeah, it is um, an increasing topic of discussion here in New Zealand, particularly amongst primary sector, and I I think that probably is the best way to describe it at the moment is if we were to look on a continuum, you know, over the last five years, um, water, but not only water, just sustainability, um, how we're looking after our waterways is a topic which uh, is now forefront of mind for most primary sector participants. we are seeing a range of, um, I guess, demand from consumers first and foremost is, is top of my mind. You know, when we're looking to add value to our New Zealand produce, we're getting consumers asking us around the value of our environment and is it more than just the token uh, shot on the website? Are we actually following through and doing that? And, and so that's been a big focus, um, not only for us at Spring Sheep, but for, I guess, the wider New Zealand uh, food and fibre community. And then I think following that is we've got government coming in behind that looking at how they set the policy framework in the regulatory environment Um, we're seeing sort of I guess healthy tension you would call it between um, some of our primary sector participants and government at the moment Um, I don't think it's going to be an immediate process where we go and implement a whole lot of policy and instantly our waterways are, are cleaned up and we've got adequate water storage and things like that. It's it's going to be more of a discussion and I think yeah, going back to that continuum, seeing it more forefront of everybody's mind now, I think it's a positive thing and I'm quite comfortable with the working groups and the, the way that we're tracking now um, as a regular discussion as a farmer or a food sector participant talking about water, we're going to land somewhere quite nice over the next wee while. 
And um, obviously NPKS is coming into that story when you live in a beautiful, warm climate and, have, and it rains at night and the sun shines during the day. You need to make sure the chemistry is right and the soil is, um, you know, New Zealand moving towards um, measuring units in, units out. Yeah, we are slowly. Um, particular regions around New Zealand have moved there. Um, in the Waikato, where we are, there's an ongoing conversation around the rules coming in that we will start uh, being restricted on uh, fertiliser inputs. Um, I think the way that the conversation's been framed at the moment is um, probably quite a practical one, and I think there's plenty of time and consultation period in there. So um, for a farmer looking at these, yeah, there will be some in the category that um, change is coming, and that change is probably good. There's a big chunk of farmers who are already adopting best practice and are already comfortably within the framework. And then there are those that are, I guess, at the other end, uh, looking at land use change and how their businesses fit and how they frame up their businesses for the next 20, 30, 40 years. So um, that's an exciting conversation to be part of, particularly with a spring sheep hat on, is that we are uh, in a position with sheep dairy to start um, yeah, looking at those conversations and future-proofing these businesses in light of increasing regulation. Yeah, I think sustainability hits that spot quite a bit. Not always, but um, if sustainable ag sometimes is... Um a cost reduction system that um, is more sensible. I mean, it's putting out soluble fertiliser that ends up in the streams and washes out to, to sea can't be that smart, really, can it? No, it's not. And I think um, there are numerous case studies now um, hitting, I guess, mainstream media or, or I guess the, the primary sector as a whole, whereby businesses have moved to a more sustainable footing, uh, which is actually hitting the bottom line in a significant way as well. Um, often we're seeing that through increased value of the product uh, and the offering to consumers, which is something that um, I personally get quite excited about, is where you're solving, a, I guess, a land use challenge or a farming-based challenge by connecting with a consumer and, and matching, um, I guess, some of our problems at primary sector end to consumer end and finding the right balance in between those two. Thomas, we're getting near the end of the podcast. We have our normal raw ag 3Ms, mistakes, masterpieces and mentors. What are the mistakes in your life? Well, it's been quite an exciting journey uh, with spring sheep and um, over the six years I can tell you we didn't get every call right uh, setting up a new industry and I guess uh, the first mistake we made um, in setting up spring sheep was we thought we could treat a, a dairy sheep like a New Zealand dairy cow. Uh, we all had a, a good strong background in dairy cow farming and it became particularly apparent after the first year that uh, this was a completely different industry and different rules applied so uh, that was um, quite an interesting time and, and we've learnt a lot from that and developed the business um, a significant way from that point. I was going to ask you whether you'd mind um, you've achieved light, uh, an awful lot so far Thomas what are you in your 40s or 50s? <laughs> 27 at the moment Tom <laughs> and what about a masterpiece masterpiece I think um, today looking back at um, our sheep milking business in the Waikato uh, we've got probably five six maybe even 700 hectares now in sheep which five years ago would have been all in black and white Frisian dairy cows and what excites me is across those hectares there's probably about 40 or 50 maybe even 60 people turning up to work every day employed in the sheep milk sector that are there because of um, I guess farm succession reasons or you know bringing the second generation back in that have got a great environmental and animal welfare story to tell and uh, as far as we're sort of viewing the industry growth there's going to be a heck of a lot more land and people involved in this industry going forward in New Zealand and to be uh, playing 
uh, part, and that is such a privilege. And uh, finally, um, some mentors or a mentor. Yeah, I think um, reflecting back on the mentors piece, I'd have to just bring up the connection I've got to the Triple P group through the Xander Award. Um, as part of the Xander Award, the Primary Platinum Producers Group, um, or an invitation to join the Primary Platinum Producers group as part of the package there and for me that is a room full of 200 of Australia and New Zealand's finest uh, food and fibre producers and for me um, you know without narrowing down on any one particular person the, the mentorship from that group of people um, on an annual basis and then being able to pick up the phone any day of the week to any one of those Triple P members to ask questions and to uh, bounce an idea off has just been a fantastic fantastic process to be involved with since winning the award and um, I look forward to continuing those relationships for a long time to come. Thomas, thank you very much for um, chatting today and I've really enjoyed hearing your story. I wish all the luck to you to continue doing what you've what you've started out in life. You're quite an, an amazing young fella and um, I'm sure that New Zealand's going to benefit from your experiences. Thanks Tom, great talking to you today. This is where the producer who doesn't know anything about farming jumps on and asks a little bit of a question to the <laughs> both of you. Uh, sometimes it makes it onto the podcast and sometimes we just chop them off because the, stu- the, the stupid questions are too high. But I guess because we have an opportunity to showcase someone from New Zealand, I guess what I'm listening to you both is what would the one thing each of you would like to convey to the other in terms of countries if there was one thing that you would like to let Australians know about the most important thing right now to you guys as farmers, uh, what would that be? And then for Tom Gubbins, what do you think is the most important thing that f- New Zealand farmers need to know right now? So maybe Thomas, would you like to answer that first? Yeah, I think um, this is, a, I guess, quite high on my personal radar and agenda is that um, the more we can position our farmers, our food and fibre producers closer to a consumer or in a value chain that is connected to an end consumer, uh, the more resilience we build into our systems and the challenges practically that we're facing from a, I guess, a a climate and environment space uh, don't seem to be getting any easier. And so it seems that attention at the other end, uh, which is the value of our produce and and I guess being rewarded and recompensed for that is where I guess um, I'm spending a lot of my thinking time and as well I think New Zealand's on that journey as well uh, with our food and fibre producers so um, that's that's something that's occupying a lot of thought at the moment. What about you Tom Gubbins? Well I think I agree with um, um, Thomas uh, but and I think the, there's a bit of a void of the actual you know the, the, the truth that's going on some of the um, perceptions in society about agriculture are, are very emotional and perhaps led by some other um, emotional reason. I'm not sure why, but, um, you know, I think that in the next 10 years, as we learn more and more about ang- agriculture's role in the environment, people are going to become much more sympathetic about what uh, agriculture's up to. If you're enjoying the Raw Ag podcast, make sure you rate and review on your favourite podcast app.